It's that time once again. Time for comic book storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, a.k.a. Brian the Comic Book Guy. You can follow me on Instagram. I post pictures of every issue we talk about, I promise. Every cover is going to be on there. So if you're looking for these issues, you can know where to find them. And if you need help finding these things in the wild or where to go to, websites or whatever, you can email me, guy at gmail.com, and I can give you a little hand trying to find these issues. Not for my collection, just to let you know. So this week is a bonus episode to the Age of Apocalypse. We did the main storyline, covered everything that happened in the main storyline up to last week with the finale in X-Men Omega. So we were treated about 10 years after the fact. It was the 10-year anniversary. We got a one-shot in 2006 called The Age of Apocalypse featuring the X-Men. And it's an anniversary special with kind of some one-shot stories of what happened before the main events and everything. Uh, the first one shows Colossus contemplating even being in the X-Men anymore, what to do, uh, talking with Shadowcat, seeing if he's even going to leave. And they're getting ready to just quit the X-Men. And Magneto proposes to him that he takes his knowledge and he uses it to teach the upcoming next generation of mutants. And it shows pictures of all the Generation Next characters. And it, that little storyline ends with him going, what do you say to that old friend? And it's Shadowcat and Colossus getting ready to teach Generation Next. The next one is Sabretooth. Uh, he's out of favor with Apocalypse, as we found out in X-Men Chronicles, where he was a horseman and then uh, he got dumped because he was compassionate for everybody because he thought they were just going to control the missiles instead of using them. So Holocaust ends up throwing him literally to the wolves, putting him in prison. So you see them putting him in prison with the character Wildchild. So this is kind of like how Wildchild and Sabretooth met. They were both put in the same prison cell, but he didn't know Wildchild. Uh, he was just like this feral mutant that was uh, attacking him in his prison cell the moment he got in there. Uh, so it was kind of like a, a animal fury thing where he just kind of like attacked him instinctively. Uh, so he wakes up from that attack and he's on the floor, wild child, and he ends up kind of having this talk with him briefly. And they kind of had like this feral rage understanding thing. And it turns out that's how wild child became like Sabretooth's like guardian or whatever. They bust out of their prison. He lets wild child go at it and against the guards and they end up finding and joining the X-Men. Uh, the next one is a Wolverine or Logan storyline where he's rescuing his, uh, at the time, in the regular universe, his uh, one of his uh, compatriots, Mariko, who was kind of like his daughter, so to speak, in the comics and everything, like surrogate daughter and everything. And he's rescuing her uh, from this crime syndicate and the Silver Samurai who is in the main continuity. He's kind of different here. He has some teleportation powers and everything. Uh, he attacks him and everything just to try and uh, get Logan to back off from Mariko, but he does end up saving the day, saving her. Uh, Silver Samurai teleports away, and Logan just ends up leaving Japan. The next one is going to prevail with how the next issues run. We were treated to a six-part storyline, so that's what this episode is going to be about. It's an anniversary six-part miniseries of what happened after X-Men Omega. Now, at the end of X-Men Omega, the Human High Council dropped the bombs on New York City from within the United States, and seemingly everybody got killed. So the beginning of this storyline, or this little five-page little snippet, is all of the X-Men are watching the bombs about to drop. And we see this big light over the city, 
But then all of a sudden, everything fades and goes back to normal. And right before the bombs dropped, they look like they're taken apart. They're stopped in midair and automatically taken apart. You've got everybody that's still alive, Nightcrawler, Gambit, Jubilee, Logan, Quicksilver with Ileana, and all the humans that are still in New York. And they're watching the bombs being taken apart. And there's this bright light, and then all the bombs just kind of like fall apart. So you see Jean Grey is dead, Cyclops is dead, Magneto gets up, and he's protecting Rogue and Charles. And he's like, what just happened? Rogue wakes up, and she thinks he's the one that did it, and he doesn't have time to really say what's going over, but he does say, so it ends, the Age of Apocalypse is over. Quicksilver comes over and says, you saved us all, Father. And he kind of stops talking there, kind of like, did he or didn't he? And they're like, hey, did that mean Bishop failed? Now, what happens a lot in the X-Men timelines is things, they, they want to stop timelines from happening and, and from continuing, but they don't always don't. And what happened here is that Bishop went back in time and saved his timeline, but since the Age of Apocalypse was an alternate reality, it kept going. So Magneto is telling everybody uh, the answers will come in time of what really happened when Bishop went back and everything. But now's the time to focus on the future and reshape and rebuild. So he goes up, he flies to where the Statue of Liberty was, and he rebuilds the Statue of Liberty with his powers and puts it back up as a beacon of hope. Now, right before the end of that, Logan comes over with Jean. He goes, uh, she died trying to save the world, give her a proper burial. And the world is yours now, Magnus. Don't screw it up. So we see months later, Magneto is sitting in the mansion, and he's interrupted by Mr. Sinister. So Mr. Sinister is alive. And he goes, care to talk about what really happened the day the bombs dropped? And that's how that ends. So then a couple months later, a six-part storyline where the covers converge to make one big picture came out, and it was called The Age of Apocalypse featuring the Uncanny, or featuring the X-Men, Age of Apocalypse 10th Anniversary. So we go into the storyline where uh, there's this cloaked figure going through Canada trying to find somebody, and he's run into some of uh, Apocalypse's rogue agents. Apparently there's still some Apocalypse people out there trying to get, you know, still make things the way they were. But uh, the figure has a popped-out clause, so you know who it is. It's Logan, and he's trying to find somebody in Canada. And we switch over to... Washington, D.C., it's a year later, there's a new White House, and it's a press conference with uh, the President of the United States, President Robert Kelly, and he's giving a speech about how things happened, on how the X-Men helped rebuild everything with their super strength to aid in rescue and salvage operations, magnetism to rebuild bridges and monuments, and he's wanting them to accept the good mutants to help them rebuild everything, which they have started to already. It's a year later, mostly everything's rebuilt. And uh, Robert Kelly introduces his new Minister of Mutant Affairs, and he's the director, acting director. They introduce him, and he gets grilled by a press conference and everything, and they're like, what makes you so sure that you can make everything happen better and everything? So he introduces the X-Men, and they're on a mission to go after some rogue agents from Apocalypse's time called the Hellions. Now, the Hellions in the main timeline are kind of like Emma Frost's uh, bad guy X-Men in training. They're like the Hellfire Club, which are bad guys, in training. So they were bad guys in then. So it's a public uh, raid 
on the Hellions so that the American public and the world can see that the X-Men can take down whatever threat's going on. So they quickly take down the Hellions to prove that they are worthy to be the ones that help fix everything and make sure maintain order and everything. And the public pretty much agrees to that and everything. And after that's all done, Magneto takes some questions from the press. We switch back over to Logan, who is uh, talking to another cloaked figure, asking them to come with, back to the United States. And then we go over to Washington, D.C. again, where a newly built Xavier Institute, it kind of looks like the Avengers Triskelion from S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, kind of, but in the Age of Apocalypse, the X-Men have this big Xavier Institute in Washington, D.C., so he's gathered all the all of the X-Men that have survived and all the mutants he's bringing into the fold. And he's talking about how they, they really need to make a difference. There's a few new characters that are in here that kind of make little cameo appearances. And he's talking about one of those characters, uh, progress is bring, being made to uh, help ensure that they have enough people to make things right. So then we go back to Logan, who's at this house, and he's asking for whoever to come and get that person's help. You can't see the figure yet. And they don't want to go. So Logan pops out his claws and he's like, okay, you know, I'm going to make you come. But then that person pops out claws and they start fighting and the cloak comes off and she goes, they told me you were going to come dad. So it's X-23, but she's not X-23. And X-23, if you saw the Logan movie, uh, she's Laura. Uh, It was... uh, uh, process where they took logan's dna and made a girl like a a daughter so to speak and in this realm he actually does have a daughter her name's laura and she does have claws like him so then we get to issue two of the series and magneto goes into the morlock tunnels underground where a lot of mutants have been hiding and he tells them all there's no need to fear the above where all the humans are and there's no need to live in oppression anymore you guys can come up and live amongst us, and anybody wants to join the X-Men, they can. But since they're rebels, and they always have been, uh, there's a big fight between the Morlocks and the X-Men, who have, like, Dazzler and Storm and everybody on it. And uh, Dazzler kind of lights up the room to bring everybody under control. And, uh, you know, he gets things in line. And uh, the character Leech, who is a Morlock, and in the main timeline... He is still a Morlock. Leech has the power to cancel out anybody else's mutant powers. So he just walks in and turns off everybody's mutant powers and stops the fight. Magneto ends up going into unconsciousness and everything. And Rogue kind of like touches him and everything to say, hey, are you okay and everything. And she ends up seeing some things in his mind. She sees this phoenix, fiery phoenix in the sky and Apocalypse dying. So, uh... This is some of the things that Magneto fears most of all, what's going on here. Uh, But uh, Leech is taken out, knocked unconscious, and the rest of the X-Men rescue Magneto and they take him back to the mansion. Then we go back to Canada, where Wolverine is fighting his daughter Laura. It's a quick fight, but, uh, you know, they've kind of calmed things down and everything. You kind of see a brief origin of Laura, where, like, you know, she did get uh, created by uh, Mr. Sinister and used to uh, was going to be used to fight Wolverine. But Magneto and the X-Men rescued her, woke up around strangers. She didn't know who she was. Uh, she was trained as an X-Men, as you see. But this is like going on before the Age of Apocalypse and everything. So Logan kind of knew who she was and everything. But then uh, while he was away in Japan, you know, she kind of made her, her way out of the X-Men. 
so we go back to Washington, D.C. Magneto and the X-Men are co- recovering from their wounds. Uh, and they're using Cerebro, which is Magneto's invention in the Age of Apocalypse, but it was originally Professor Xavier's version. Now they're talking about mutant signatures in Mexico and Quicksilver is uh, getting a team together to go after them to, to try and bring some more mutants into the fold. And uh, we go to one of the Morlocks who's in a recovery room, the character Zorn. Now Zorn was a really messed up character in the main continuity and is so here. Like you can tell like something weird's going on, like she's definitely going to betray somewhere. And then we see this lab, a figure that's all in this mechanical outfit. Now she, they're surrounded this big like coffin-like tube that has a hole in the top of it and it's really bright and orange and fiery. And the character says, my angel, kind of kisses the top of the box, puts its helmet back on, and goes back upstairs. They're like, ooh, what is this here? What's going on? Then we go back to Canada. Logan is still trying to convince Laura to come back. They're having their father-daughter moment. And she's saying, you know, Jean Grey is dead. There's no need to go back. Why are you still living in the past? I don't want to go back. You know, you got to make your own life. Then she ends up getting convinced to come back and uh, going back to the X-Men. And uh, as they're going back, they get kind of attacked by some other mutants, uh, North Star and Aurora, uh, some of Apocalypse's rogue agents and everything. And uh, Laura ends up taking out uh, uh, Aurora and uh, North Star. They're both bro- their brother and sister. And uh, Logan and Laura make quick work of both of them. And uh, Laura's like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll come back now. And then Logan's like, all right, let's go. And we get to issue three of that storyline. It's called Comebacks. And uh, we see the X-Men are playing a game, sports game. But in the main continuity, it was always baseball. But because this is a totally different X-Men than we've ever seen before, they're playing football. So it's weird to, as an X-Men fan to see the X-Men playing football. You know, both teams uh, have all the X-Men in it. And they're, uh, you know, it's got like Silver Samurai, Rogue and Storm versus uh, Nightcrawler and, and some other characters. And uh, Logan comes back with Laura, reintroduces her to the team. Uh, he has some words to say with Silver Samurai about things that used to happen. Logan didn't know that Silver Samurai was back on uh, the X-Men team, and uh, they kind of have some words based on that flashback issue in the one-shot. So uh, Logan comes into the fold once again, and they're talking about what's going on, and he goes, uh, all right, so we've got to, uh, who do we have to go after this time? So it ends up being, you remember Elizabeth and Sam Gunthry. It's Cannonball and his, daughter, and his sister Elizabeth. Well, they apparently have broken into some facilities and they're trying to take over the White House. So the X-Men were sent to take these guys down. But uh, they end up going and finding one of their brothers that was also a mutant in the main continuity. So it's the three of them against the X-Men, which (laughs) it's not going to go well for them. And it quickly just goes into a battle. Elizabeth turns like gigantic and uh, uh, Sam ends up blowing Logan into the Washington Monument. So there's a, a fight, and of course there is going to be a fight, but Nightcrawler starts turning the tide, uh, gets Elizabeth knocked down, and Silver Samurai goes after her. They end up taking down the Gunthries, and while that's going on, the Xavier Institute, they're monitoring the situation. Rogue is with Zorn, and all of a sudden Zorn turns on Rogue, knocks her unconscious, and uh, we see a, a little battle ensue right there. And meanwhile, in the battle with the uh, Gunthries, Logan jumps on Cannonball, Ends up taking him out, as Logan always does. 
and makes the other two surrender. They take out both of the other ones. And he goes, all right, let's, uh, let's go back to the mansion. So they go back, and they don't see Rogue. They don't see little Charles. And the mansions had, like, a big struggle. Like, there was a big fight there. And the last page, it goes, welcome home, X-Men. Hope you'll survive the experience. Then we see something really, really weird. It wasn't Zorn. The character Zorn was a mask for Paige Gunthry. If you remember in the Generation Next issues, the last moment we saw the kids, Paige Gunthry was the last one to be in a fight with the guards at the big core. But it turns out Paige didn't die. She's fully, you know, fully all back to normal, all good. She's got Rogue and Charles in chains. And behind them, she brings back her siblings. And she's joined with her siblings to fight the X-Men. They're like, we thought you died in the core. She goes, no, I got left behind, but I didn't die. Nah, not that you X-Men came back to check either. And it turns out my family rescued me. So it's like a big Gunthry fight is about to start right now. So uh, next issue, number four in the series, called Betrayal, obviously because that happened. Uh, they're getting ready to throw down. Uh, Paige is explaining what happened. On, uh, basically explaining the events of what happened in Generation X number four. What happened after she got uh, Colossus's door closed before he can get to him. They knocked her unconscious, chained her up, and they were uh, you know just keeping her there as a prisoner. Uh, she couldn't fix herself and, and fix her wounds and everything. She couldn't husk out of her form and everything. And it turns out the rest of the Generation Next had been killed, and they just kept her alive. But after the events of X-Men Omega, uh, the Gunthry clan decided to go bust Paige out of there because they found out that she was taken prisoner. Now, they had been with Apocalypse, and she had been with the X-Men, so, but they forgave her because they knew she was still alive and things were different during the new age and order. So they rescue her, and she explains how uh, my real family, who I turned my back on, came to get me. While the X-Men were busy reveling in their victory, never came back to look. And she goes, just as my innocent was ripped away from me, I'm going to rip the innocence away from Magneto by destroying his little Charles. So they're getting ready to throw down. He knows that's what's going on. And uh, as they're all talking, Paige is trying to get things going, and Silver Samurai and Logan look up, and they see she has come, and it's these purple eyes coming out of the shadow. We see the chains busting through. Somebody in the shadows is busting out the chains. Freeze Rogue, freeze Charles, and it ends up being the character Psylocke. Because we were kind of wondering where Psylocke was, X-Men characters were, during the uh, Age of Apocalypse. It's one of those characters where you're like, where was Psylocke during this whole thing? There was no Betsy Braddock. Where was she? Turns out she was a master assassin, and she's now joined the X-Men against the Gunthry clan, so it's uh, another big battle. They're getting ready to throw down, and all of a sudden, the roof of the mansion lifts up, and it's Sunfire and Magneto, and Magneto's going, you would come into my home, never threaten my family, your lives are now in forfeit. So Sunfire ends up killing Elizabeth and going after Cannonball, and the X-Men make quick work of the rest of them, like breaking them all up and destroying them all except for Paige. And they kind of give her like a last little redemption thing. They knock her unconscious. And uh, Quicksilver is getting ready to take care of her because he's like, you touched my brother. Now I'm going to take care of you. But Rogue uh, says, you know what? Well, we were at war with Apocalypse. We were told you died, plain and simple. We never imagined you were still alive. If you want me to share in your pain... I'll touch you, gain your powers, and we can figure out from there. But uh, it looked like Paige is getting ready to attack Rogue. And up from behind Paige is Laura, uh, X-23, 
and she ends up killing Paige right before she could do anything. And it was because Magneto had ordered her to. And uh, Paige, right before she dies, goes, Magneto, we weren't here just for revenge. Your boy Charles was supposed to be bait. If you continue to refuse him, he will make you come to his side. Sinister wants you. He wants your deal with him to be honored. So the rest of the X-Men are like, honored? What do you mean with Sinister? What does he want to do with this? And Logan's just like, Sinister's alive and you've been in contact to him? So Magneto takes off his helmet and says, it's all my fault. I made a deal with the devil and brought his evil into our house. I didn't trust him, but I had no choice. It was good for the dream. Uh, mutants needed a leader. They needed me. If they, fought, if they thought I saved the planet, they would trust me and believed in me. And he's like, I didn't stop the bombs. And they go, who did? Was it Sinister? And he goes, no, it was Jean. Jean Grey stopped the nuclear attack. She saved the planet. She's still alive, and Mr. Sinister has her. Like, oh, dang. So Jean was alive that whole time. We get to issue five of six, and it's just titled Sinister. Now, Logan, we all remember Logan was heartbroken because Jean died. They were lovers and everything. So this issue starts with Logan just tearing into Magneto. You know how much I still love her. What are you doing? You knew she was alive this whole time, and you didn't tell me. So the rest of the X-Men are kind of breaking him off of her and everything. And he's like, uh, you know, you need to explain what's going on here. And Magneto's like, no, he's right. All of you stay back. I brought this upon myself. I lied, and I'm sorry, Logan. And Logan's getting ready to kill him, but he stops at the last second. And he goes, you had no right to keep this from me or anybody. Uh, I realize the only way to really find out what happened this day is to find Jean and make sure that she's all right. Because you owe us the truth, you need to tell us what's going on right now, and that's the only reason you're living. So he goes back, and we see memories now from when the bombs were about to drop. Now, right before Magneto and everybody died, the bomb stopped. Magneto looks up, and it's this big, fiery light. And he doesn't know who it is at first, but then he sees the figure, and he yells out, Gene. And he says, I don't know how I knew it was Jean's doing. I just felt it. She tried reaching out to me with her mind and letting me know that we had won, that the dream would finally become a reality before she vanished. Uh, the bombs went away. I got up. Everybody thought it was me. I saw around and everybody was looking at me for hope. So I figured I would just keep this to myself, and make the burden living this lie mine alone. But then he comes to that moment where Mr. Sinister comes to him in the mansion and he's like, uh, we've won, Eric. And he goes, what are you doing here? He goes, you know, before we could kill each other, uh, you know, I uh, found you guys. And I knew where the bombs had gone off. But then everybody survived. He goes, really? I know how everybody survived. And I have her. He goes, pretend I don't exist. Divert any attention away from me. Never come looking for me. Because simply just leave me alone. If you want me to keep your secret, let me do my thing and you do yours. He goes, you and your mutant dogs can keep off my tail, go after everybody else, but leave me be to my experiments. And Magneto kind of haphazard goes, all right, fine. Mr. Sinister goes, the fiery phoenix that rode from the ashes of the Age of Apocalypse is really what happened that day. I have that secret. Miss Gray was in my care for quite some time. Uh, she was always special to me, and when I returned to my lab months after Apocalypse defeat, I discovered my instruments that had captured the phenomenon on film, data that manifested from everything, and I had seen that it was, in fact, Gene. So he was the figure that was kissing that big tube that we saw in the couple issues ago with the light, and Gene is being held in that coffin, so to speak. He goes, we buried her. You dug her up? He goes, you only bury that which is dead. Gene Grey was still alive. And I hope we have an understanding now. You stay out of my way, I'll stay out of yours. 
I will keep your secret for now, but if you ever come after me and cross me, I will make this public. Just like Jean Grey, your secret will not remain buried for long. So the X-Men are kind of, a few of them are like, you lied to us, what's going on? And there's kind of a little bit, a little bit of a deten- distension in the ranks. And uh, Logan's trying to figure out where Jean could be. And since the Gunthry clan was near Sinister, Wolverine kind of goes over and sniffs Paige. And he goes, he's back in New York City, that's where they are. Uh, that's, that's where they have been recently. So then uh, Magneto is getting ready to go, but they're like, nope, you don't want people to start trusting you. You got to stop hiding everything behind the mask. For Jean's sake, we're going to go and rescue her. So they enter where Sinister's tomb was, where that layer is, and she's not there. And they're looking all around, can't find anything. The lights go off, and all of a sudden it says, welcome, X-Men. Are you looking for me? My Sinister Six and I are so pleased to see you. One of them's Sauron which is really odd. And he was like a good guy and everything, but Sinister took him and made uh, made him one of his own. And then they're like, where's Jean? Where is she? And he goes, don't worry, Logan, your precious Jean is alive. He goes, this group can t- consists of five here, right here. But then if you look up and we see the final member of the Sinister Six and it's Jean, full phoenixed. And if you remember anything from the X-Men days, Jean, when she's on fire like the phoenix, is not a good thing. And issue six is the last one. Uh, and Jean immediately starts attacking the X-Men, and Logan's like, Jean, it's me. What are you talking about? What did you do to her? And Logan tries to go after her, and Magneto stops him, brings him back. He goes, mark my words. He will pay for this. This is my doing. Let me finish this. So Sinister and Magneto end up having some words. Uh, He's like, you know, you betrayed Apocalypse, left his fold, and I left you alone. Why did you brainwash her uh, and let her... Uh, do everything. Why did you brainwash Paige, infiltrate our ranks, kidnap my son? Why would you resurrect everything like this? And he goes, is that what you think I was trying to do, fill Apocalypse's shoes? He was bent on genocide. I'm here because experiments needed to be made, experiments that were meant to be an end. Sometimes I play God with the mutant genes, but I had a single goal in mind to find mutant alpha, the first mutant, the mutant whose genetic code will give rise to us all. And he said, Gene Gray, is that mutant? He goes, yeah. Who else could stop the power of a nuclear attack, save an entire timeline from being erased? You saw her power unlocked with your own eyes. He goes, yes, that power is to change the world. And then Magneto said, power that you can control. And he goes, no, we can share that. He goes, after all you have done, Sinister, to me and my friends and my family, you're insane. I would never join you. He goes, you would want to know why I'd come back and reveal myself, why I'm doing all this? Because uh, I was ready to bring her back to you, and she was the one that was going to lead mutants, and she was mutant alpha. So the X-Men just start going to work on all of the uh, Sinister Six. There's an immediate fight. They start brawling, and uh, they do some damage to the Sinister Six. We see some of the other characters that are not normally seen in the Age of Apocalypse, like Cloak and Dagger. Cloak is one of the uh, Sinister Six, and Dagger was one of the X-Men at this time. So Cloak ends up absorbing Gambit, Nightcrawler, and Dagger while uh, uh, Sinister's going to work on the rest of the X-Men. You've got uh, Psylocke involved in it now, trying to go after some Sinister things and everything. And uh, Storm ends up trying to attack Sinister. doesn't really work. She's trying to lightning bolt Cloak into letting everybody out. And she does that. She ends up uh, 
boom, she knocks uh, Cloak unconscious, and Nightcrawler and Dagger come out. And she goes, where's Gambit? And he goes, Gambit's still in Cloak. But Cloak ends up dying right there. So like, oh, is Gambit going to be gone? Uh, Sauron tries to attack the X-Men, but they take him out very quickly. So Jean is still kind of hovering Phoenix form and all. Uh, Sunfire goes after her because they both have fire uh, powers and everything. And uh, Jean ends up killing Sunfire or taking him down quite a bit. You know, you can see his mask and everything is starting to break. And uh, Jean is just not holding back. And Logan thinks he can help her. He goes, Jean, it's me. You got to stop. And Sunfire's like, I can't contain her powers. And he goes, Jean, remember me. And Nightcrawler and Psylocke end up teleporting right behind Jean. Psylocke has her psi powers in a form of a blade. She knocks her powers into Jean, and then they both teleport away. And Jean just explodes, and Sinister goes, no, what happened? And after the math, after the big, massive fireball, Jean is on the ground, and she goes, I remember everything. She goes, uh, the power to change the world, remember the power that uh, you've lost, Sinister? And she ends up trying to uh, kill Sinister, but Magneto stops her. He goes, death is too merciful for a fate from you. However, I take comfort in knowing we'll all sleep soundly, knowing that we wiped your evil face off the planet. And uh, they do end up killing him. X-23 and Logan end up uh, just pegging him with their claws, and uh, Sinister's finally dead. But now they're like, you know, Magneto still needs to pay for what happened. He feels like he needs to pay for everything that happened. And uh, they're all talking with Gene about what to do. And Logan kind of makes up with X-23, and he goes, you know, uh, who's uh, your mother after all? And he goes, I know you got the genetic code from me. He goes, who was your mother? And he, she goes, Mariko Yoshida. So his uh, surrogate daughter in the original timeline, who ends up being kind of like apart from him in this timeline, ends up being the mother of X-23. So days later, we see the X-Men have buried all of their dead, Gambit and all the other characters. Quicksilver ends up dying uh, as well. So Magneto has no children now. So we see the aftermath of the battle. Uh, Magneto turns himself into authorities, resigns from director of mutant affairs, ends up turning himself into custody, blaming himself for everything that happened. Jean comes to visit him while she's in prison, and she goes, I have the powers of mutant alpha, so I'm uh, nobody can see what I'm doing here. And she's basically telling him that she forgives him for what he had to do. She knows what he had to do was right and things turned out the way they did because of that. So we see back at the mansion, everybody that's left goes over to the Xavier Institute that's in uh, Washington, D.C. And we see Gene is kind of in charge of the X-Men now, and everybody that is left of the X-Men uh, is now going to be rebuilding the dream that Professor Xavier started and Magneto held dear to his life. So that was a huge treat. 10 years after the fact, we thought the Age of Apocalypse was over, and it turns out it just kept going after the fact. So uh, a couple of the ramifications I didn't get to talk about in the end of last week's podcast because of time constraints. There was four characters from the Age of Apocalypse that ended up turning up in the main timeline when everything reset itself. Most of the characters you saw ended up being near the Amkron Crystal. Dark Beast teleported into the Emperor Crystal and appeared on Earth, and he ended up being the guy that created the Morlocks after the fact, we find this out years later. Uh, the character Holocaust ended up being transported back, along with Nate Gray. 
Uh, X-Man ended up uh, kind of joining the X-Men for a little bit, so that was kind of interesting. And then the last character was Sugar Man. He ended up going back in time, and they all kind of hid, all the bad guys kind of hid from Mr. Sinister, because they knew Mr. Sinister could figure out where they came from, and they didn't want to be bothered by anybody. So it was four characters crossed over into the main continuity after everything was over, and they, uh, the bad guys ended up still being bad guys and caused trouble for years to come, and X-Men kind of just like did his thing, joined the X-Men for a little bit, but still fought the good fight. So that's it on the Age of Apocalypse, I promise, finally, six episodes in. Next week, though, I'm going to do on another storyline. It's called Flashpoint. It's the basis what they used for the Flash movie that just came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, loosely based on the comics, I'm going to say that, but you'll find that out when we talk about Flashpoint starting next week. And then we're going to do its sequel that came out years later called Flashpoint Beyond. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>